Hi everyone, this is Ronnie from Everything Vive. I'm here at E3 2018 and I have the pleasure of, uh, of getting a chance to meet with uh, the folks over at Polyarch. Uh, if, Danny, yeah, right? yeah. If, if you want to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about what your role is at Polyarch and, and your involvement with, with Moss. Yeah, so I'm Danny Bulla and I'm the design director at Polyarch um, and for Moss. Okay. So, yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, if, uh, I guess, uh, how did you... Have, how did you end up at Polyarch? Uh, did, were you part of the founding team or like what? Yeah, I'm one of the co-founders, one of the three co-founders. Okay. Um, and a group of us met uh, while working on Destiny at Bungie. Okay, very cool. And was this your first... Hey, did you guys leave Bungie to try to, to start something in VR or were you... Um, well, what happened for Tam and I, who's one of the other co-founders, we had just wrapped up our responsibilities on Destiny. So we shipped it, we got out the door, and then we were... Um, both in a position where we were looking for something um, to creative for us to do in different ways, um, as you do with projects. Yeah. Uh, as you want to move between um, the next thing or the next thing. And so one of the experiences that we had, um, kind of individually, but then we came together to talk about it, was the early demos of the Oculus and the Vive. And uh, that really kind of set us on this path towards thinking that this is a new medium. Um, there's a wide open space for us to create content and make a world and bring people into it. And um, there's cool new ways to interact in VR that we don't have in regular gaming. Yeah. And so, yeah, that, that set us on this path. And we, we set out to make something that we thought would be good for VR okay. uh, instead of the other way of bringing other things that weren't in VR and, and putting them in there. Awesome. So, I mean, yeah, as, as most of our listeners will probably know, Moss ended up being like a, like almost like a puzzle platformer. Yeah. Um, but uh, was that was that your initial like thought from the design aspect of what you guys wanted to tackle, or, or did you do a prototyping stage where you kind of tried some other stuff? We, uh, a little bit of A, a little bit of B. So we knew right off the bat that it would be important for us to um, have physical interaction, and that was something that's new with VR, that was when we had those, those tracked controllers, yeah. that was really exciting. And so we knew um, we were inspired by other games and puzzle games, and uh, we really liked sort of like the, the tactile feel of games like The Room and sort of the, the encapsulated the portal, the puzzles that are there. And so those were kind of all inspirations, yeah. about, with many more. Yeah. Um, and so we knew that we kind of wanted to do something along the lines of that. Okay. Uh, and so that, that, that kind of set us on the path um, towards making it an action-adventure puzzle game. And, yeah. then so, and then the next step for us was actually creating a prototype. So there was four of us, um, the three co-founders and our first engineer, Brendan Walker, um, in, the, in, that, in a little office where we made a, for three months, it was about 12 weeks, we made a prototype of Moss. Which, okay. And it kind of had everything that's in there right now. You can move bricks and statues around with your hands. You had a light puzzles and there was some platforming and a little bit of combat. And we found that that was like a really cool mix and the ratios were good. So okay. Kind of and, move forward with that. Yeah, and, and I mean, I know you guys started working on it, you know, in the early, you know, kind of in the early Oculus days. Um, what types of controllers are you guys using at the time? Like fairly, yeah, just, yeah. I, I'm just kind of curious because obviously like that would probably impact kind of some of your design choices yeah. and all of that. Like obviously it works super well with, you know, the, the Oculus touch controllers and yeah. the Vive wands, but um, yeah, just because it eventually did come to the PlayStation, mm-hmm. I didn't know if, if, uh, you know, using just like a physical controller versus, you know, mo- like how, how you guys made those kind of decisions. Totally. Um, we were, like you said, we, it works well on the, uh, on the, on like the vibes and, and touch. And that was, we had a good relationship with Valve early on and with Sony. Um, and we, uh, you know, first initially started demo, like making the game in, because uh, this is before you could get dev kits. This is before this, this is where we were a couple years ago. We actually took a PlayStation Eye camera 
in a DK2 camera, <laughs> and uh, the DK2 camera was used for the headset, and then the PlayStation I was used for a move controller, wow. and then a little bit of a throwback, I don't know if you remember the nunchuck yeah. that, that came with the, the old like PSI, yeah, yeah. so that's how we were controlling Quill, and so at first you only needed one hand to be tracked, and so we would use the move to track, and we'd use the nunchuck to move Quill, and then eventually we you know, we got the touch controllers as those came out and the Vive ones, and so we just started adapting. But we always kind of had this idea of what sort of the most common input mechanisms on each of the controllers would be, yeah. and that definitely influenced our, our uh, control scheme and the gameplay and the design yeah. decisions we made. Yeah. No, because, I mean, yeah, from from a game player's perspective, it's really cool to have, like, both the the, pre- the precision of a, of a joystick, yeah. like, especially in a platformer. Totally. Um, like, because it, and uh, whether you're looking at the PlayStation 4 or you're looking at the PC, just having that, like, one-to-one very... I mean, VR and motion controls are great, of course, yeah. but there's still something, I think, right now, like, with joysticks and mm-hmm. being able to move your, your character that 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 one-to-one just perf- perfect, yeah. you know? Yeah. And... and at the same time, being able to manipulate the environment as you know the the kind of overarching like ghost like character, yeah, the reader you know, from the yeah. reader, yeah. the reader. Um, so yeah, so it's a really good mix of the two, mm-hmm. and and I guess yeah, looking at how you guys kind of went from from the early prototyping stages, it kind of makes sense, I guess, how you guys. Yeah, we spent a lot of time on that. It was important to us, and that precision that comes with the analog stick is something that we talk about um, as to everyone we work with that we think it's actually very important to have that precision and have that thumbstick and we, we were able to make it feel great on the Vive um, in our opinions but uh, with the touch pads yeah. but, but, so it's cool that we can support everything but we do find that a lot of people enjoy having that precision of an analog stick and so that's something that we know as developers that we also feel too. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of reasons too of why that we've had to like break down and, and analyze. Uh, so it's, it's cool. It's cool that you recognize that as well. Um, yeah, you know, obviously Moss came out fairly recently, both on the PlayStation as well as the PC. We'll get into the the you know PC releases yeah, in a little yeah. bit, but because that that's more more recent. But cool. I mean, even even the release of Moss. I mean, clearly, if you guys were working on it so early on, and then you know eventually bringing it to consumer level hard, like what were some of the changes like along the along the lines of, of as the technology obviously got better and different like did it was it challenging to develop in kind of such an early uh, prototypical stage for the hardware yeah uh, definitely um, but I think that's kind of any like this was our first experience working with hardware specifically a lot of us come from console traditional gaming developers so the yeah kind of, you have this box and this is what it is and you plug in the, the controller and you play yeah. on your PC and so uh, it was definitely a learning experience for us to become sort of like the the hardware was so new and, it, and even the software that goes with the hardware was like non-existent then it started growing and so um, it was on us to start sort of find our way and try to get it work we didn't have as much you know all the companies were really good at supporting us as developers because we showed them that prototype that I talked about a little bit earlier so they yeah. knew what we were working on and, um, and and kudos to all the platform holders I, I could say all three of them like Sony Oculus and Steam were all really really good at like hey do you guys need anything like here's here's the latest update drivers sometimes the, you know and so like that was very helpful for us as a small team of like four or five guys trying to make make the game at the time yeah um, but by the time we hit full production uh, and like getting ready for E3 and everything like that I think most of the, the platforms had a kind of the hardware was kind of figured out we knew what we were working with and so we were able just to execute on the content on the idea so okay. it was a cool journey there like yeah do we have different challenges now than we did back in the days of just trying to get our USB drivers to work so we <laughs> get, the, get the controllers to map and track and stuff but uh, yeah it was cool I'm kind of having a little bit of nostalgia now as you bring that up I'm thinking Aww. about all this stuff it's cool 
Well, and obviously now we know in retrospect that the game was, you know, ready to be, you know, uh, put out on all the various platforms. But uh, were, were there any kind of specific choices you you made for the PlayStation specifically, or like what? Yeah, what? Uh, yeah, how did how did that come about? Like releasing it on the PlayStation first, yeah. and and what were some of the challenges? Yeah, no, I mean uh, it was it was a straightforward decision to us because we are a small team yeah. that we needed to focus all our energy onto one platform first. And at the time, uh, for us. Uh, we had been talking to Sony for a while. They were great partners early on, and they, they were in a uh, position to to encourage more VR developers to keep making games. And so that we just we went there. We as as we knew that that would be uh, a lower barrier of entry because there was a lot of yeah uh, PlayStation. That's where we could focus our energy, um, and it turned out really great for us because that we learned we cut our teeth on a lot. Um, and then they were fortunate enough to put us up at E3, which did a lot for us too last year, right? And so yeah. it was great. Um, and I think just some of the challenges that we had uh, with Sony. Uh, the, the hardware, not yeah, the, the yeah, yeah. Like one of the some of the challenges was just understanding how to um, make make that physical interaction feel good and immersive and intuitive and natural um, when your hands are holding a controller. And I, yeah. I would say that was one of the things that I spent a lot of time. Um, so it's that's my first reaction to talk about that. We, yeah. we did a lot of kind of just like measuring arm distances and trying to think what what actually feels natural and intuitive to like grab on and, and reach into the world. Um, and you know some of the challenges that we have uh, graphically uh, that the artists had to optimize and, and the engineers were trying to make sure we can fit with on all on the PlayStation. And so those were a lot of just like and that's kind of just console challenges in general. And that's what we found. Um, a lot of the challenges that happen in in traditional game development on the on the consoles are the same things that we were dealing with in VR, just slightly different answers to, to those things. Yeah, um, yeah. And so, yeah, it was typical, like, game development, just with this twist of a, of a new medium and, like, hardware tracking and stuff, so. Okay, I... I wanted to get more into design, but since we're on the path of the the, 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 the hardware and the tech side of yeah. things a little bit, um, so so you know you obviously had to work hard to optimize it and make it run you know great on the PlayStation. Um, then what was it like to br- eventually bring it to the PC? Because I, I know you and I spoke just very briefly before yeah. this about the fact that you guys decided to you know uh, simultaneously announce and release the game to yeah. everyone's surprise. Yeah. So so yeah, I was just curious you know what some of the work was kind of behind the scenes to get the game ready for the PC platforms. Yeah, so when we finished and shipped on the PSVR, that became our focus. It was like, let's get this to as many players as we can as possible. Unfortunately, we're working, we were making the game on Unreal Engine, which already kind of out of the box supports PC development. Yeah. Um, so the big chunk of the engine work had already been done for us. Thank you. Thank you, Epic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what we, did have to, what we did have to figure out is now we have... Um, different mechanisms for input, right? Yeah. Um, we had to figure out how to, you know, we wanted to do some things. One of the goals when we started was, hey, like, we want to make this what a PC, like the ideal PC player experience. What, what do PC players expect from a game? And let's make sure we have that. And so that's sort of why we started doing, we added things in like graphic settings and we added in um, save slots so that multiple people, if you're all on one PC, could share it and you didn't have to do that. And, yeah. And we actually patched all that stuff back into PS4. Yeah, I saw well. that. Um, and you know, along that, that was that was basically that was a new thing for us to um, ship on multiple platforms all at once with different input mechanisms <laughs> on a wide range of you know everyone has a different PC, right? And yeah. so uh, you know, we, like I said, we had we had we had great support from the Unreal Engine in that in that regard, but also for us just trying to wrap our heads around what it meant to be on on multiple platforms. Um, where we have to do the assets, right? Because we're self-published, so we do all the store assets. We have to, we have to hit the upload button and get it up there. And there's all these things that we necessarily didn't have to do before as developers yeah. at AAA Studios. 
um, there's people doing that. There's yeah, yeah. doing it. And no, so, I feel like that's like yeah. Anyone that comes from goes to a bit from a big company to a small team has to sit, like kind of suffer through at the beginning. Like how do like it's things that might have seemed easy, yeah. all of a sudden now are, are kind of big hurdles that you have to kind of overcome. To, yeah, but that's what, <laughs> that's what that's where all the growth came from too. So yeah. that, like that's been exciting for for me as a developer. And I know a lot of the people on the team is we get to wear a lot more hats than we used to. Yeah, uh, and so. Uh, that, that's just really fulfilling for us as creators. Very cool. So yeah, moving over to I guess the the art slash design side of yeah. things a little bit. I mean, obviously uh, Moss is stunning as far as well, like I, yeah. No, I mean the, everything from you know the design choices of the world and the characters and like to the animation. I think the animation to me really stands out as as being something that really like sucks you in. Mm-hmm. Like uh, compared to especially right now I, I think with a lot of VR titles um, where you don't necessarily have um, all of the the developers that have the the you know bigger studio experience mm-hmm. uh, nece- or the or the art experience for yeah. that matter. I'm yeah. um, kind of figuring some of that stuff out. Like Moss stands apart as far as, you know, it, it's like a, a charming, like living, breathing. You oh, know, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, so so could you talk a little bit about kind of what went into to to your design choices as far as making it kind of more tangible for VR um, and and work within that medium specifically? Yeah, there's. I mean, we we were making choices every corner we turned um, with the goal of for VR, right? And so, what's going to be the best? And what's you know, VR is really good at bringing out and emphasizing all sorts of things. It can emphasize the bad things as well, but it also can emphasize a lot of the good things, especially like the emotional bond. And I think that's some of the special stuff that comes from Quill uh, yeah. and VR. I don't think that relationship would be the same if you were looking at it through a, a traditional like TV or window. Yeah. Um, some of the, the choices that we made, one, one interesting thing is we knew early on that we wanted to have a character that you could interact with, and yeah. we wanted this to be a companion. Like, this was you as a character in the world and another character going through this adventure together, and that was sort of like our high level, and we wanted to bring you into the world and, and do that. And so that, that presented us, a, before we even knew a quill was going to be a rodent, it presented us with a situation where we had to say, okay... Um, are, are you a giant and you're looking down on like human-sized things? Are 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 you know, are you human-sized and you're like interacting with a giant and like yeah. all these different scale things that we had to figure out? And what we ended up realizing is we wanted something that was more intimate and that you could reach out and grab. That's yeah. one of our big tenants. Yeah. Um, and so we kind of landed on well, we have these options of like it could be a, it could be a robot, it could be like a little pet robot, it could be an alien, it could be a small creature. Um, and that, or rodents came, and we have anthropomorphic history like through all media, right? And so, uh, the, one of our artists, art director at the time, he went and did a, just a quick sketch of like four rodents uh, <laughs> that I wonder if we'll ever see the light of day. And, and it had Quill on there, but Quill had a different name, and Quill was a lot older and not as cute. And, and it was interesting to like see this four. There was like a little owl and stuff. And when we saw that, it was just organic. All of us were like, "Yep, this is where where we're going." And, and that was. Um, that was all, like, if, if you follow that thread, that was all based off of, like, hey, we want something that you can reach out and grab in VR, right? That's and so, so it's cool. all threaded all the way through. Um, and that's sort of, that's just one example of, of how developing with the goal for VR from the ground up has influenced all of the, a lot of our decisions that we that we made, which I think is good. And, and it's cool to hear you say that that comes through. Yeah, yeah. No, especially, like, uh, you mentioned a little bit about scale. And uh, obviously you ended up going with kind of, you know, uh, choosing to have a, a small companion and, and interact with kind of a, a miniature-sized world for the most part. Yeah. And I say the most part because, you know, anyone that's played Moss will also understand that, you know, throughout the, the world, you kind of, every now and then, are kind of reminded that you're kind of in a larger-scale world as well. Yeah. And so I, I was wondering, you know, like, kind of what 
how you guys decided you know when to kind of bring those moments about yeah. and and how you because I, I think they're very powerful yeah it's great that it, it's uh, it's great that you picked up on that we because we would have that conversation a lot of hey we need to alternate that uh, I can share another thing that we do um, we need to alternate and remind you that you like it's you said the best words like remind you that you're in a human scale world right and so that just comes down to pacing and cadence in the areas that we did and we would be playing through the levels and then we would get feedback and everyone would get feedback hey I think we should like throw some more human scale objects in here because every time we did it was super cool like you think back to Secret of Nin and yeah. stuff like that whenever you see the human scale object with a rodent next to it you're just like oh that's super cool right yeah so, uh, that was definitely intentional and we did it we kind of tried to spread it through based off what felt right in, in the environment like the swords and the armor in the swamp and then other places there's like a shield in the background and we just tried to do it with what felt and the kind of the artists got to use their instinct on that Something else that we found through VR and now we're actually carrying through, and I hear the artists talking about this a lot, is like we want to do more enclosed in, in spaces than, than that open up, right? Mm. And then and like kind of fluctuating between the two. So sometimes we bring you in and we make you feel like this, like inside the uh, inside the house. Yeah. And then we want to bring you out into these open areas. And so now that is something that uh, you won't, I mean, you have to consider it, but it's like it's very. Um, very tangible in VR when you're in a small space versus being in an open space. Right? Yeah. And so, like, we just want to play with that more, and we want to we want to explore that more too. It's yeah. Like, similar with the human scale objects. Okay. Very cool. And as far as like the gameplay was concerned, mm-hmm. um, like, uh, obviously there's puzzles in Moss. I wouldn't say they're like super difficult puzzles. Yeah. They're more like which I really enjoyed because you, it still kept the flow, right? Yeah. Like, it, you never felt like you were really bogged down. Like, yeah. was that part of you wanted to keep the kind of the flow to the gameplay going? Or yeah. What? Absolutely. The cadence is important I don't uh, we've, uh, we've it's a very interesting thing about puzzles in VR um, that we found as we were playtesting um, you know I think the instinct at least for us we had never me and the other designers had not worked on puzzle games before mm-hmm. so that was probably one of our biggest challenges during the project was understanding how to make puzzles that uh, were not taxing and but also fit within the, the, the gameplay Yeah. Uh, and something we found early on was like making challenging puzzles that made people have to stop and think for a while while wearing a headset actually became very taxing. Yeah. Um, and so we were we were in a position where we were looking at the puzzles and we're saying, hey, how do we... And this is a great exercise and someone like Nintendo does it really well, but when you're like, oh, we want to do it like Nintendo, that's, like yeah, a, yeah. that's a really hard thing to do, but that's something <laughs> good to aim for, right? Uh, we just started boiling it down as much as possible as we can to like kind of the least amount of steps, but the most reward when you figure it out, right? And so kind of like we would keep it to like three or four kind of different steps that you had to do. Um, and then give you that aha moment, which yeah. is like really cool. And it would always be great when some when we would test a new puzzle, and then someone would go and they would go, ah, got it. And we're yeah, like, yeah. yeah, sweet. That's what that's what we that's what we're chasing. That's what we want that feeling. Um, and so that was another thing that we do, just like to go on that, um, is we spread out the mechanics across mm-hmm. the level so that we slowly introduce you to the different things that you'll need to do um, before you get to the puzzle that ne- needs you to do all of those at the same time. And that's something that we actually learned from reading a lot about how Nintendo designs their puzzles in the Mario games. Yeah. They kind of like introduce you to a mechanic. Um, after that, they like give you a, a way to use it. They teach you how to use it. Yep. Um, and then they give you like a little bit of a challenge with it, and then they kind of final it off by making a twist, making you use this mechanic in a, in a way that you might not think exactly before. And so we kind of took that template and applied it to the different rooms. And, and actually, I'm really excited that we're gonna and we get to explore that even more as we as we make as we continue forward. Yeah. That, that's really amazing. Yeah. Um, oh man, I was I I got lost my my train of thought got lost just listening to, <laughs> to you explain talk. about yeah. It, explain about all these lessons and everything because yeah. it's really exciting yeah um let me try to think because i had i had a good question um you know oh that's what i right yeah, back on there, um 
I, I, yeah, I had a question about, I guess, narrative and the storytelling mm-hmm. aspects of the game. Because yeah. obviously, like, some of the story is told, you know, immediately through the gameplay. Some of it is told through through storybook panels and, and yeah. different, like, animations. And I was just kind of curious if you could talk a little bit about, you know, what what, what you decided to introduce the, character, the, the player to uh, through the storybook versus the gameplay and kind yeah. of what your thoughts were on... Yeah, so... Um... Uh, again, with us being a small team, we found out early on that animating all of the story <laughs> moments that we wanted to do with one animator, while he's an amazing animator. Wow, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, that, Rick, his name's Rick Lico, and he okay. did all of the animations in the whole entire game, uh, which is a testament to his story. No, because they're so, yeah, they have so much character. Yeah, and so, you know, he, and he, 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 he's a very fast and, like, worker cares a lot about his work and so for us to say hey we want to do these like three minute storytelling moments where we we need to push the narrative around without gameplay um, that was just a lot for the development team to take on and so yeah. um, as we learned about the different uh, sort of plot points that we wanted to get across when we fully understood Quill's journey and the narrative uh, which goes past what what you play in book one right yeah um, then we saw the different types of settings that we would need in the scenes and then we, you know we came to the we came to the book, um, kind of having to dig back. I know, I remember the feeling of when we decided to do the book, because we were all like, okay, we can achieve this. Yeah. The book ended up actually being a lot of work as well, but back then we were like, this is going to be less work than yeah, uh, yeah. animating all the keyframes. Well, so, and, it, and it does a good job. Like, uh, I can imagine why you would want to introduce that for, for the reasons you're saying. Yeah. It also gives that sense of scale, too. Like, it's yep. so it kind of, you, you ended up using it to play up some of the other strengths of the game yeah and we always knew from early on actually in, in the original prototype uh, that we that I don't know, we have some videos it'll be cool to post it sometime <laughs> uh, uh, it's actually strikingly similar to the game that came out uh, which is really cool but uh, we had a book that you would open up and that's how you would get into the game and so we've kind of always had that book there and we always wanted to transport you into it um, it was just some somewhere through development. I, I can't remember right now exactly when. Yeah. And we were just like, oh, let's tell the story in the book. That would be really cool. And right, and there was, then we had to make a lot of decisions after that. Very cool. Yeah. So, yeah, um, the, yeah. As I, if, if we want to circle back to uh, your your all your decision to you know re- simultaneously oh, announce yeah, yeah. and release it on PC. Yeah. I mean, what was that, what was that like from from the inside perspective of just you know getting getting excited to kind of share this with. With, with everybody out yeah. there and then what the response has been like since since you did you know release the game on PC yeah so the response has been awesome so far we're, like the whole team is like on the Steam forums trying to engage and we're on Reddit and Twitter and stuff and we're just trying to make sure now that the game's out that we can uh, interact more with the community and yeah. hear what they're saying and like you know we have the ability to continue to you know work and, and fix issues that people are having and so as they post them we're investigating them absolutely um, for us it's interesting um, because we were, we were focused on getting the game out, um, and we weren't necessarily having a, a media campaign going on at the same time, which sometimes has, like, the, the media campaigns are great for the consumers, but yeah. they also have a cool effect on the developers, as we get to, like, kind of ride the media wave, too, and it gets us excited, and yeah. so this was a new experience for all of us that we didn't have that, um, but it was really cool to walk in, walk walk out of the office today and be like, hey guys, <laughs> when we come in tomorrow, the game's going to be live. That's so and, crazy. And yeah, and some of the guys came in really early to make sure that, you know, it could go live and turn it on and stuff. But it was it was a different experience. Um, 
you know, we came straight to E3 right after, so there wasn't a yeah. lot of, like, uh, time to digest it, uh, but, you know, it was cool. Everyone was really excited. It's really cool just to see so many people that we've been, that have been wanting to play the game be able to play it, right? And yeah. So that was really cool for us. Awesome. So, yeah, looking forward, I guess, to the future. Um, I know you guys are just off of releasing Moss yeah, on, yeah. on the PC, and yeah. I'm sure, you know, you, you guys still have work to do as far as, you know, ironing out things on that, but, yeah, what... The, what, what what can can, can, uh, can customers be you know excited about as far as like yeah. what you guys are working on and, and what you intend to release? Yeah, so right now we're really excited about uh, the world of Moss. We're going to keep building. Uh, we have more Quill story that we want to tell. Uh, more of Quill story, I should say, uh, if use proper words. Uh, <laughs> I, I just got tongue tied myself, which usually doesn't happen. So oh, cool. Uh, good. We're in good company. <laughs> um, yeah, for us, you know, hopefully. After all the dust settles on the PC launch, we, we're gonna hit, we're gonna get back to the studio and we're gonna hit the ground running on like, hey, how do we take all the things that we've learned from Moss? Um, you know, we did a retrospective where we we all got in a room for a whole day and just talked about all the different things that we liked and didn't like, and uh, you know, what could go better, right? And, yeah. And so we spent some time doing that. So we have to go and kind of digest all of that. We're gonna we're gonna look at how Moss is performing. You know, what what do what do consumers want? How do we how do we bring more quill to them so if we're fortunate enough to like continue down that path we will we're looking for partners right now to try to to, to work with us to continue telling a uh, quill story yeah so that's kind of where we lie we're gonna we're gonna get back to seattle um and we're gonna kind of hit the whiteboard and right. we, we have a lot of things that we're excited about um but we don't exactly have um a plan on what exactly it will be we just know that uh, we, we really like Quill. Yeah. <laughs> we, we know people really like Quill. Yep. And uh, we have more of her story to tell, obviously, as the way that we end the game. Um, and so that's kind of where our future lies. You know, we okay. want to keep telling stories in the world of Moss. We want to keep telling Quill's story. And uh, we're, we're really excited about um, where VR is going. You know, we have the second wave of content coming yeah. in right now. That no, that's I felt it, too. Like, it, from GDC to here to you see all the studios that kind of, you know, got their feet wet with their first releases. Yeah. Now coming with more, like, fully fleshed out. Like kind of just they just seem like more mature releases of the similar concepts that you've seen before, yeah. But just like with that extra bit of polish and extra bit of features. Yep, and I think that's only possible because we everyone did that first wave of content, right? Uh, you had to. You, there's no way you get on a new medium and don't have to uh, fail to learn. Right? Yeah. And not to say that those things failed. I'm just like in terms of the way that you iterate on mechanics and ideas, like you have to like like kind of. It's a little vulgar, but like ram your head against the wall, right? Just trying to like figure it out. And uh, and I think what we're seeing now is a lot of developers have figured out what makes VR VR, um, the things that they're excited about, and the things that they think you know that will shine on VR. And so I definitely encourage people to have uh, you know put away the headsets or like kind of stepped away from VR for a bit because there wasn't that much content to like kind of come back and like yeah. check out what's there because there's, there's you know there's like Beat Saber, there's us, there's oh like it's Spring crazy, Factor, all the new games that got announced at E3, and so yeah. there's a lot to be excited for. I yep. think. VR, uh, I know as Polyar, we're super excited about it. So yeah, yeah. no, I, I had the same feeling. Like I said, I think it really hit me at GDC um, in, in March, where you were trying out all these new titles that were coming to market, and just thinking yeah. like, oh wow, like it's it's literally like just a way. Like you said, it's it's. I mean, there's so much amazing good content that's coming to VR yeah. that I don't even know how I'm going to keep up with playing it all it's yeah. like which is yeah. a good problem that's, that's to have right have. yeah we just so. we just need to get everyone back in there and playing and yeah. I, I think the, the great content's coming I'm yeah. right there with you 
All right, awesome. Well, uh, if if uh, people out there want to reach out or keep in touch with what what Polyarc's up to, what's yeah. the best way for them to do that? The best way to reach us directly is definitely through Twitter. That's kind of our main channel out into the internet ethos. Uh, but also now that we're out on PC, the Steam forums, we're actively checking that. Um, there's a, there's a couple subreddits, both the Oculus, the Vive, and the PSVR subreddits. And we like try to scroll through there and see as people bring up Moss and stuff. So um, yeah, and then you can always email us uh, through the website. But yeah, Twitter's where you'll get a lot of our announcements out front. Um, it's a good way to interact with us. And then, yeah, all of our, our social media, too. It's usually all just polyarch games. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time, and uh, we look forward to seeing more from you guys in the future. Great, man. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.